You're listening to the Drew Marshall Show Christmas Eve special. Requested this evening's formal top hats, white tie, and tails. Nothing now could take the wind out of my sails. Because I'm invited to step out this evening with top hats, white tie, and tails. Oh, I. Well, folks, we're on the phone with one of the most famous Canadians in the history of this great country, uh, the man synonymous with Hockey Night in Canada, shooting straight, and like his dad, the sharpest dresser in town, Don Cherry. Don, uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Drew, and many of them. Yeah, well, uh, would you like me to say Merry Christmas, or would you like me to say Season's Greetings? Yeah, I had a few guys say, uh, Happy Holidays. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean, Happy Holidays? And when I go on... Um well, I'll tell you, a few years ago, I, uh, about 15 years ago, around then, we were told uh, to use season greetings and stuff like that. Naturally, I didn't, but uh, we were told, and I, I have to laugh at some of the friends, and December 25th, as I say on Coach's Corner every time, make no mistake, kids, uh, we love Santa Claus and everything, but uh, December 25th is baby Jesus' birthday, and that's what we're celebrating, and that's the way it is. It's not happy holidays, it's... Merry Christmas, and I never sign Xmas and take Christ out of Christmas. Yeah, it, does that kind of stuff drive you bonkers, though? It really does, and it, it shows that look, I, I respect everybody else's religion, and I respect everybody else uh, as to what they want to do, but it's our uh, December 25th has been there, and now all of a sudden December 25th has been switched around somehow for happy holidays and other religions and that, and... Uh, it's a Christmas tree. It's not a holiday tree, and yes, that's the way I feel. And uh, uh, it, uh, it it does, but drive you bonkers when you hear that stuff so politically correct. A couple of weeks ago, I did a show where I actually phoned a few stores. I phoned some WalMarts oh, yeah. and Sears and uh, that kind of thing, and, and found out what they said on the phone. And uh, well, it's always happy holidays and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Meetings. I got stuck into a few people. Actually, I, I came across one lady who was a minister, is a pastor's wife, and she worked at the Gap, and she said, "Yeah, we're not supposed to say Merry Christmas, but I still do." Oh, gee, you better not tell her name. <laughs> She'll get ousted out yeah. of it. But imagine that, like, if that ever hit the press, like a pastor's wife fired from the gap for saying yeah. Merry Christmas, right? Well, you know, it's it's funny. I, I don't think the other religions, and I, to tell you the truth, I don't think they'd say anything about it if you said Merry Christmas. No. It's just the media uh, picks it up. And, you know, the left-wing media, they anything to uh, skewer, as they say, our traditions, it's... Uh, it's a wonderful thing for them. Yeah. Now, uh, Don, is is Christmas a stressful time of year for you, or does it kind of get you pumped up? No, it, it's kind of stressful in the sense that we're when I was uh, playing, we used to play Saturday on Christmas Day all the time, and, and uh, we used to have when I was with Cindy and and Tim and Rose, we used to have uh, our Christmas on uh, Christmas Eve, and because you know we couldn't eat turkey, and I'll, I only did it once. I ate turkey once, and. I hate to tell you what happened uh, day of the game, but uh, um, I, I got hit in the stomach, and believe me, something come yeah. up on the ice. And I never <laughs> ate the turkey again. I don't want to hope you don't be eating lunch. Thanks for sharing that visual with yeah. us. I yeah, think about it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but no, we used to have it on Christmas Eve, and uh, it, uh, as they grew up, well, how come we are celebrating early? I said, well, we're fortunate that. No, it's very, it's kind of stressful because uh, we're usually flying all over the place and doing things, but. Uh, uh, there's nothing like Christmas. I was when I was a kid, and I remember you, you going to bed at night. I'm sure everybody else, and I'd get up in the morning and could hardly wait to run down to be hockey equipment and stuff. And 
And we used to, when our, when our Santa, we used to, uh, my dad used to take us down, we used to have a coal furnace, and we used to burn, the, burn our letters in the, in the furnace. And the smoke uh, evidently went up to uh, North Pole. So <laughs> that's the way we did it. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about Christmas traditions you had growing up, and you've already laid out a few on me there, the whole uh, burning the letters to Santa. That, was, that sounds like a Native American or Native Canadian thing, the smoke. Well, I don't know. That's the, my dad, uh, we were Irish, well, we're Canadian. Uh, I remember my dad uh, had some friends uh, tell me one was uh, Les Allman, I'll never forget, he said he's German, and and uh, uh, and uh, Ed Birchall, his, his dad said he was English. So, and my mother used to say, "Well, we're for Scots, you know." Like she, her mother was Mackenzie and that. And one day I asked Dad about that, and he says, "Listen, if Mr. Allman and Mr. Birchall and your mother likes those countries so much, tell them to go back. When anybody asks who you are, you're Canadian, and that's it." <laughs> well, that that was a tradition we had. <laughs> so you can see where I get that. Where yeah. I get my. From. Yeah, I can see how uh, the uh, apple doesn't fall too far <laughs> from the tree. Now, you said you've got the Irish background. Do you know where that we're from in Ireland? I think County Cork uh, we came, but my mother, you are what your mother says you are, and um, we celebrated uh, all the uh, Scots, and uh, I, I was in a pipe band in Rochester, city of Rochester pipe band. I was a tenor drum, and um, my uh, uh, the Mackenzies had uh, Comgorums from the wars, and and uh, they were in the British Army and that. So we sort of, uh, if I had to lean, it was uh, toward the Scots. And, uh, because, you know, your mother, mother tells you what you are. Yeah. And if you see my plaid jackets, I guess I rubbed off there, too. Yeah, that's right. Well, now, if I got this right, uh, Don, you were born in February. February 5th, yes. All right. Did you, did you get ripped off with presents having a birthday so close to Christmas? No, no. It was, we, we, I never even thought of that uh, we had it. Uh, we got it pretty good. It was it was that far apart. I feel sorry for some guys. Uh, Rose was born December seventeenth, and she says they all lumped them together. December seventeenth. Okay, well that's one of those close birthdays, right yeah. there. Yeah. Now, as far as uh, Christmas traditions these days, I mean, life has changed for you. You know, it's a fair piece different than nineteen nineteen forties in Kingston. Any Christmas traditions these days? Uh, do you still get together with Cindy and Tim? And oh yeah, we have our, our Christmas dinner all the time, and my dad's. Uh, the highlight of the thing is that we call it dad's dressing. It's potato dressing. I know everybody else has uh, 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 bread dressing, which is ridiculous because when you put <laughs> bread in a turkey, uh, as my dad used to say, the bread soaks up all the lovely juice yeah. out of the turkey. Well, if you put potatoes in, which are 90% uh, moisture, it goes out into the turkey. So that's the highlight of uh, our thing is my dad's dressing and everything's in it uh, with potatoes, but the kitchen sink so we we look forward to that right right and is it still christmas eve that you do this you get oh no no i do christmas day now okay. no the guys the hockey players now they we where they play this friday and uh you know they have time off which i think it should be i always felt bad playing christmas day but when you're uh, if i didn't play i'd be on the unemployment line but i always felt bad playing christmas day back in the american league we used to play in all all holidays, because that's when they get the best crowd. Yeah, yeah. Any uh, kind of Christmas memories as far as uh, being on the road or being in the game is concerned? I could tell you a couple of them. I remember when I was in Springfield, uh, Rose and I and Cindy got sent to uh, Christmas Eve to uh, uh, Three Rivers, Quebec, if you can believe it. And we drove all night, and this is a true story. We were, uh, we were up there. I had to play the next day. It was Christmas Eve. And... We got stuck halfway in Quebec. I had a 57 Oldsmobile, with, uh, and it quit right in the middle of Quebec. I didn't have no idea where it was, and I 
tried to talk to the guy to help me, you know, and the, it, the car that was that filled up, it just quit. It's a true story. God check me dead. We went into a coffee shop, and we looked out, and I said, okay, Cindy and Rose, I said, uh, we're going to have to say a prayer here to get this car started because I don't know what we're going to do if we – we were out in the middle of nowhere. I don't know what we're going to do if this car doesn't start. And uh, we all – I never – this is the first time I've told this story. But um, we were sitting at the table looking out at the car, and we all said a little, little prayer, dear God, let this car start. And that's that's a true story. As God as my judge went out and the car started and away <laughs> we went. And then I got um, we went to a hotel late at night and so we went to bed. So the next morning we played in the afternoon. So I uh, I said I figured Rose could get breakfast and everything at the hotel. And so I, I played the game and naturally on the way home all my new teammates say, Well, Don, you gotta stop for a beer, eh? So I I stopped for one or two and I come back to the hotel and Rose was there and Sydney they hadn't eaten in about 34 hours because the restaurant was closed. Needless <laughs> oh. to say, Rose never said a word, though. She was a little ticked off at me. <laughs> and we went back to the same bar, the Golden Rooster, and they had chicken. So that's the, what it was like in the miners in those days. <laughs> I can imagine over the years uh, being involved with the boys, there's got to be a lot of Christmas stories and a lot of funny things happen. The thing is, when you get on the buses, eh, like after the game and you're going back and you it's about three or four in the morning, and you see every, you know, you see the cows getting up, uh, the guys, farmers with the cows, and and you know they've had a good Christmas and everything. But you know what? It was good camaraderie, and uh, I I didn't know like I didn't know what I was missing. Like I, I we're not going by planes because I I did it all my 16 years in the mine, well 20 years in the miners coaching, so I didn't know what I was missing. So you got used to something like that, and didn't make much money. I was making about 4,500, but. It was a good life, and the Lord was good to us. And and um, after the season, uh, after my career, I, I really had a tough time. I I had no education. I was only grade nine. I had no trade. And back in the seventies, at, at that time in the state, uh, about nineteen seventy, they had a recession, and I couldn't get a job. I get laid off Kodak, eh? So uh, I I didn't couldn't get a job, and I was lower. I was the lowest guy. I I mean, I'd taken a job sweeping floors. And uh, I, I, I tell the story, I know you're into the Lord, and that this is the truth. God is my judge. And I, I laid in bed one afternoon, I, and, he, and I said to myself, you don't even deserve to, to have a nap. And I got on my hands and knees, and I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, is this it? I'm finished. I've always been honest, and I swear to you. And, and, and I'm not one of those guys, evangelists or anything. I'm on cherry. A light came, honest to God, a light came, and he said, you get up. You go down, you resign from, I was a used car salesman, I was the worst in the world, and you go down to Rochester Americans and tell them you want to make a comeback. This is in the middle of summer. I, I, I did that, I went down to the, the office, and, and a guy named Doug Adams was there. He's never there, he's there one day. He lived in North Carolina. He just happened to be there that day. I asked him for a comeback. Well, he saw this big fat guy, and he said, sure, it'd be a good PR, because I was a captain two years before, and... Uh, I got in shape and uh, and I remember I was on a uh, on a bike out in the sun losing weight because I was fat. And Rose said, "You're going to die." And I said, "Yeah, I'm going to die, or I'm going to make this club." <laughs> I remember I got I got in shape, and to make a long story short, I made the club. I get made coach halfway through. I get fired uh, at the end of the year. Our owners bought the club again, and from from being an unemployed guy. And that, I was taking a job sweeping floors. Two years later, I was coaching Bobby Orr in the Boston Gardens, and they say there is no Lord.
That is incredible. Part of that story I heard, uh, Don, you tell me if this is right or not. You were, uh, well, life was going tough for you, but you were already fired as a jackhammer operator. I got laid off as uh, Kodak, and I was a uh, laborer as a jackhammer guy. And, I mean, uh, there's nothing, you know, you're a laborer, and, and you can't get a job because nobody wants you because there's a million laborers. Yeah. And, I was thinking life is pretty bad if you're a jackhammer operator and you get fired. Like, you know, that's not the toughest thing to do in the world, right? It is, uh, I read in the paper a couple of years ago that the second loudest thing in the, the first loudest thing is a jet, and the second loudest thing that you, you can work at is a jackhammer. And it did affect my ears. Uh, you know, I can still hear good and everything, but if crickets are going, I can't hear crickets. <laughs> <laughs> but I, hey, I had to do what I had to do, but I'll tell you one thing. When I went back to play hockey, the rest of the guy had been laying around drinking. When I went back to play, I was as hard as a rock. Yeah, that's right. That thing would just tighten your body up something fierce, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, almost fired as a used car salesman. I was fired. I almost fired. They, they just kept me around, give me house, uh, house call, house uh, deals. And, and if you're in the car business, they know it. If you're listening, you know what that is. It's like a gimme. Like, you know, it's already done. And I established myself as the world's worst car salesman in the world. When one guy got, put me against the wall, I put him against the wall when he said, all you car salesmen are the same. <laughs> I knew he wasn't better to be a salesman. <laughs> the Lord was good. Well, it's an, it's an incredible life you've had, Don. And, uh, you know, I uh, I had Paul Henderson on my show a few weeks ago. I said that. Uh, the only time I've, uh, I said that was uh, he had a breakfast. He has those big breakfasts, eh? Okay. And he, he talked me into doing it. And uh, I got up talking about it. And I got all carried away. You know what I mean? Like it was really something. And he said, "You have to do that again." And I said, "I'll never do it again." Jeez. Paul, it was, it's uh, too emotional in front of anybody. I can do it on the phone, eh? And sure. The second time I've done it, but yeah. I know you're into the Lord, so I. Uh, this is why I said it. You know, Henny. I mean, he speaks highly of you. Uh, in fact, in his uh, in his DVD, you talk about the fact that you think Henny is a great role model, like one of the one of the best role models ever. Why? Well, if you look at him, he'll tell you the story that he was pretty wild when he was uh, a hockey player, and one day, uh, and he didn't seem satisfied. He he said, "I, I got everything. I've won the cup. Uh, I'm the hero of heroes, and I've got money coming in." And, you know, his life was just empty. Hmm. And one day, he got the Lord. And if you ever you ever hear him talk, boy, I'm telling you, you're going to you're up there. He, he's really something, and. Uh, well, I just think he's wonderful. I think he's. Uh, uh, I think if everybody in Canada was like Paul, we would really. Sure. Uh, it'd be a great country. People know me as um, as uh, been called. Uh, I think a troglodyte barbarian. You go down the the whole <laughs> the whole list and the sort of people um, and and uh, some people. Oh yeah, and, and I've always seen uh, somehow or other they put down board again Christians. I've never been under. Uh, I don't know why that uh, goes, why people put down born-again Christians, because I've seen some jerks in hockey. The biggest jerk I ever met, I'm not going to mention his name, was our goaltender, and I couldn't stand him. And I, and, um, I met him, he went to the Teen Ranch, and I went up to the Teen Ranch for uh, up Highway 10 there. Yeah, I remember and, you, I remember the day you came. Yeah, and, and uh, well, I'll tell you the guy's name, why not? It was Lynn Zimmerman yep, was there, yep. and he was the biggest jerk I ever met in my life in, in <laughs> hockey. And here he was, um, I mean, he was up there, he's a carpenter and a construction guy, he's got a construction in Fort Erie, and I mean, talk about a turnaround, I mean, this guy was uh, a terrific guy, and uh, you know, you kind of, I kept thinking, he's, he's going to play a trick here, because he was all, and he was a terrific guy, so I've never been ever, I've never ever understood why people put down born-again Christians, it's 
beyond me. Well, I, I really don't care if uh, people all out there was cherry talking about the Lord. That I'm proud to, to be talking about the Lord. Uh, if I get this quote right, I remember you saying something along these lines. Give me a team full of born-again hockey players, and I'll win the Stanley Cup. Well, I... absolutely. Yeah, all you have to lose, uh, Laurie Boschman, I could, uh, Mike Gartner, uh, Ryan Walters, uh, I could go down the list. and I'd be, uh, Well, I know one thing, we'd have the Lord on our side anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that was probably said back in the Ballard versus Boschman days. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, Harold just to just, just say that. I like Harold. I, I, know, I know a lot of people... Uh, it's the thing to do to put down Harold, but I never put him down. He's a friend of mine, and my father said, look, he's a friend of yours, and he's done nothing to you. He's a friend for life. So I like Harold, and I know that's not a political right thing to say, but he's my friend. You talk about Lynn Zimmerman here for a second and change lives. He's still a bit of a rat bag, eh? Like when he oh. was when he was coming up to the ranch, I remember he and I one time, there was a, there was a girl staff, and she was a bit cheeky and thought she could uh, kind of run things and run stuff over the guys. Well, we ended up locking her in the walk-in freezer for about five minutes, and and then we opened up the freezer and Lynn threw a bucket of water on her, and we locked her up again. <laughs> Listen, the things he used to do—that is nothing. That's schoolboy stuff. But uh, he was—he was something, I'll tell you. And he used to drive me nuts when I was coaching and, and playing. I played with him too, eh? and but he was a good goaltender. That was uh, the strangest thing, but. Uh, Boy, what a change in a guy! I—he's I, I, the best. Yeah, the most I've ever seen a guy change for the better. Is it—is it tough for Christian hockey players these days to talk about the the God stuff? Is it still yeah. kind of tough because it's a, such a macho uh, thing or not a macho thing to talk about it? Yeah, it, it is tough, and uh, you know, and like if people, some guys are listening to me right now and say, "Well, he's gone nuts or something," but uh, uh, yeah, it is tough for them, and they usually don't because. It just somehow or other it's got a bad image or something, and uh, not a bad image. That's not the word, but you just don't talk about it. I don't know why, but uh, it does have a bad image, and I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that uh, or a couple of things. Number one, you, you look around at uh, what what you know the Bible says and what you know we're supposed to do as Christians. And to, yeah. be, and to be honest, it's uh, it's a hard slog. You're, we're not perfect people. We yeah. screw up lots. And the well, other I the other reason against, is uh, I, 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 I a lot of people would say well. You go against uh, a lot of the Christian things, and I, and I do. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but uh, I, I do what I do. And, you, you know, you say, well, you're too tough on people and stuff like that. And what really makes me laugh is somehow or other they've worked it out that uh, the Lord is a wimp. And, and, and I never, I've never been able to figure that out, you know, gentle Jesus. I, I never, ever went with that one. Anybody that would grab a knotted rope and go in the temple and uh, after the, the ministers and that that turned the, the, temp, the church into a, a money changers and animals and that and upset the tables and anybody that could take and have uh, uh, you know pierced with uh, nails and still uh, I mean this guy was not a wimp I've never gone along with gentle Jesus no. so that and I, I that's my image of him not a not a wimp Did you ever see that uh, Mel Gibson movie The Passion I, I think uh, I liked it but I think he went a, wet, a bit too far. And I'm not saying that didn't happen, but uh, I think he, bet, he went a bit too far. Because, and what happened is you sort of lost the, you sort of lie, you were in such a horror, you sort of lost the, everything. You know what I mean? I think yeah. he just went a bit too far uh, yeah. in the thing. But as he said, that it happened. But man, that was a, 
That was a tough thing to watch, I'll tell you. Well, we're on the phone with Don Cherry, just about wrapping up this time together. And, of course, today is Christmas Eve, and uh, I can think of no no better person to come on the show to say Merry Christmas to uh, to Canada uh, than this fellow, Mr. Don Cherry. Uh, Don, in regards to you being a God guy or a Jesus guy or a Christian or born again or whatever term you want to use well, I'm not born days. again. I've always been there. Okay, all right. But is it something you you keep close to your chest? No. No, no, you can hear me now. I... I say if you hear me on uh, Coach's Corner, I always talk about Jesus and stuff like that. And uh, you know, they kind of look. I don't. Doesn't matter to me yeah. what people think. And I don't want. I don't want the kids to think that. Uh, uh, like I just. I'm not repeating what. I don't want to repeat what I said. That all Christians are sort of wimpy and stuff like that. I don't. I. I try to get that uh, across because that. That turns off a lot of uh, kids and. And that's the way, and I say it on Coach's Corner, I don't keep it close to that. No. And and really, when you look at a lot of the guys who are uh, genuine followers of Christ, who are in the NHL or yeah. have been involved in the NHL, like, for example, Mike Gart. Let's talk about Gart's for yeah. a minute. Yeah, what a class act, right? Yeah, and and if you know if you were listening to Coach's Corner about a month ago, he like him and Trevor Linden are really taking the heat for the Players Association because a lot of things have happened there, you know, with Ted Saskin getting in, and, and somehow uh, Trevor Linden and Mike Gartner was the – you know, somehow in cahoots with things and everything. And I said, that is absolutely ridiculous to, to say things like that about Mike Gardner, a born-again Christian. Are, are you nuts? And so, yeah, it, I mean, you know, he is, he's a class guy. Ryan Walters the same way. Hmm. You could write down the list. But, Don, what drives you nuts? Like, this is coming from my heart. I don't have this question written down or anything. I've just been thinking about our conversation. And I thought, you know, i got to be honest. It, it, for me... There are times when I don't want to use the phrase Christian because that that word has been so polluted and yeah. so dragged through the mud. And I look around at uh, the the garbage that's on TV, you know. Well, there's I think that's the Lord phoning me now. But uh, <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely like see it's um it's very very politically uh, correct to you can knock uh, Christianity, but you cannot knock any other religion. You see what you have? Have you noticed that? I have noticed that. The only the only religion that can be knocked is Christian. Uh, is Christianity because it, we, you know we are what we are. We're not going to sue anybody. We not we, and and uh, the whole deal. So it's very very uh, easy. We're easy targets. We're there uh, and take a shot at us. It's uh, Canadian heritage. Uh, let's face it. The people that come over here were Christians and uh, let, let's face it, right wingers. So we're the ones that you can take a shot at. And that that that's no other reason than that. And as I said, you never see any other religion taking a shot because if you did. You would be sued. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, listen, toughest thing you've gone through in your life? Well, I think the toughest thing is, you know, the death of Rose was the toughest thing I've ever gone through. And uh, But if you're talking personally like that, was the time I was unemployed and I never had a job. And uh, to go up and ask somebody, uh, climb a ladder and do you need any laborers and go back to the car with Rose and, and Cindy and, and Tim and they say, no job today and you're counting nickels to... To uh, to go to a movie and stuff like that. That was the toughest time, yeah. other than deaths in the family. It reminds me of that scene out of Cinderella Man. I had the privilege of working with uh, Russell Crowe and Renee Zellweger on that movie, uh, just as a uh, part of the stunt team, and uh, saw it recently again. Have you ever seen that movie, Cinderella Man? Funny you say that. About two weeks ago, I saw uh, the uh, Ron Howard and Russell Crowe when they did a documentary on talking about him. Yeah. Rex thing. I'll tell you one thing, boy. There was tears in my eyes because. Uh, now, I wasn't down as far as him, but I was in the same church down as far as him. And I could feel that, this, I mean, when you're unemployed, the worst thing in the world is being unemployed because you think you're the lowest person in the world. You see everybody else with a job, 
and you think you're less than a man because you know you you, you can't get a job yeah. and you got a family to feed and I, it it really hit home when I saw it so I give the word out here at Christmas to guys that are unemployed and that don't give up if a jerk like me can make it being unemployed you guys can well the last couple of Saturdays on the show we've had a, a bit of a job fair where we've said look everyone who's listening if you're hiring call us right now and tell us you're hiring let's get some people some work just before Christmas comes along here you know or if you need a job give us a call let us know what kind of job you're looking for a bit of networking on the show and I know because I've had some tough times through Christmas as well, and uh, it's it's a it's I don't know is it tougher on the guy because of the ego and you're not providing and oh, you yeah, know, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, tougher on the guy yeah. because the wife knows your guy thinks she's she wrapped up in the. Well, I think I don't know how they think, but yeah, I think it's a lot. The pride and ego is the thing that kills you the most. Well, look, uh, just in letting you go here, Don. Uh, I, I well, this is this has really turned into something. I got carried away there, Drew. You you keep the question ding, ding, ding. I like that, and uh, I never did that before. That's the longest, nicest uh, one I've ever done, and uh, I'm, I'm quite proud of it. Well, Don, the guys I know tell me that you have a beautiful heart and a deep, abiding faith. That's well, don't uh, ruin my reputation. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that. So, so look, I just uh, I hope God continues to rock your world. Uh, it seems like He seems to keep pursuing. Uh, you know, goofballs like us. I don't know whether I should have put you in that category or not, but well, he just keeps pursuing us with his relentless love. So uh, I want to say Merry Christmas and and uh, God love you all, and I, I hope uh, everything works out for everybody. Merry Christmas, Don, and please say hello to Cindy for me. I sure will. Well, listen, Drew, you did a great interview, and that's why I went so long. So and and uh, good luck to you, and God bless you. Merry Christmas, Don, and look forward to seeing you maybe drop by the ranch again sometime. Okay, Drew. All the best. Bye. Bye. Up my shirt front, putting in the shirt studs. Well, folks, we're going to take a little short break here on the Drew Marshall Show. Tremendous time there with Grapes. What a great guy he is, class act. Don Cherry on the Drew Marshall Show. When we come back, we'll be on the phone with Randy Stonehill down in California, one of the pioneers of the Christian rock movement. And then later on the show, Kathy Lee Gifford. Stay tuned.